Welcome, everybody, to the very first Wiki for All podcast. Yeah! I am uh, Matt, and James is with me in Ventrilo for the podcast. Yeah, I am. I'm the crazy little man that makes all the comics and, well, most of the things you see on wikiforall.net. I am currently recovering from a blow to the head, which is probably the reason that my latest two comics shoot lasers. So, um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. However, lasers are a lot of fun. you got to admit. Everyone loves lasers. So, um, I was at Cell the other night, and... The you know Jace, but the viewers know. There's this guy who like knows kung fu and plays guitar and has mean facial hair and looks like Rob Swire, the guy from Pendulum. Anyway, um, I was lying on the floor like kind of passing out because I was hungry and I wanted everyone to go to Macca's, and he tickles me with his foot. So I like do you know what everyone would do and just grab his foot and tickle him back, and then he drops a guitar on my head. Which of course explains the uh, the excitement that we see in the comics, which is absolutely insane. Excitement? That's the best you can go with. Uh, we'll just cut that out, hey. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think uh, we could frame that. Excellent. I can do that. I do it all the time. Yeah, actually, he does. Like, oftentimes, he'll just, like... Sometimes I think he intentionally falls over IRL just so that people will lol at him. Like, so do you actually do that? Every now and then. It actually is kind of fun. And the falling over part is, like, the best fun. You get to see the ground. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> of all the places I've been, the ground was definitely one of the highlights. Absolutely. When you see that ground nice and close, the detail, it's incredible. Yeah, who says we're almost at photorealistic graphics? The ground is so detailed. See, I fall over in video games, and oh man, there's nowhere near the detail. Fall over in video games? I like I've played a lot of games, but I've never actually known one that lets you fall over, except for like Dragon Age, but that's not first person. See, okay, well that is true. I guess I mean when I die, I see the ground really close. Oh yeah, like in the Half-Life games, where you—that's oh, a good point. When you die in the Half-Life games, you like still see what your dead eyes see when your head hits the ground. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and then everything fades to black, and you're like, wow, that texture is so low detail. Yeah, because we're playing Half-Life 1, and everybody looks like they're made out of paper mache. Everyone looks the same as well. Yeah, there's one Barney, and he's on like a million people. He's like the ghost of Barney's past. See how that's one of those moments where you're just like, that was so fat. <laughs> what is that? What is the ghost? <laughs> it's like he's possessed all of the security guards and they all turned into Barneys. There's like some weird shit going on in Black Mesa, man. And then, of course, that every single Barney is like, hey, I'll buy you a beer later. And you're like, how many of these am I going to get? Come on, you're Gordon Freeman and you're a scientist. It's not like you're special. Yeah. Although, he wasn't special up until he, like, killed a million aliens and became the hero of the world. But, um, that, like, the whole getting a million beers from Barney thing, like, I know I shat on your last two comics that I made you delete, but that one where he actually cashed in the million beers he got at Black Mesa was actually pretty funny. Pulling off, like, putting all those crates into that Gmod comic almost killed me. That was insanity. How many crates were there? Far too many. I think I put like 20 in, and I had to pose each one of them. Whoa. Yeah, posing in Gmod. I remember the first time I tried to make a Gmod comic, like, 
a while back. Um, damn it, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, okay, I didn't know how to rotate um, things that I was holding. I would like have to like drop them on the ground and kick them around with other objects to get them rotated right, and that just like didn't even work at all for ragdolls. So I just like gave up. I, I, my like my ragdoll posing was kind of retarded for that reason and I just never did it and then eventually I saw a video on YouTube of somebody who like rotated something in place and I'm like whoa it blew my mind and then I was too lazy to launch Gmod because it never works. You see the thing is in a lot of my comics that I do that are Gmod comics I actually cheat I actually just spawn NPCs and I disable the AI. See the interesting thing with that though is that if you forget to disable the AI and you put say a friendly NPC next to an enemy NPC, it's carnage. They kill each other. Huh. Which sort of defeats the purpose of posing them because, you know, if they die, they're a corpse. And Then you just spawned a ragdoll with some bloodstains on it, you know? That's right. But the interesting thing is you can't actually remove corpses from NPCs in Gary's mod. Oh, wow. That would be annoying. So you have to, like, reload the map just because you let an NPC die. A few of my comics, I've just moved the camera to a different position. Fair enough. I'm, like, so horny for Burger Rings right now, but I don't want to be, like, the guy that's chewing through the whole cast. We should just take this moment to mention that James has the mic from hell, so to speak. I mean, it is the worst mic, and so he sounds terrible. In real life, he sounds a little bit better. Of course, I have a much better mic. In fact, I'm buying his mic soon. Not to say his exact mic, but I'm getting a Logitech G35 as soon as possible. Because when I was on holidays, like, you probably read on the blog that I went on holidays for a week. Yay, and it was super fun. But, like, it wasn't the travel or, like, the taking it up there that broke it. I was just, like, wearing it just in bed pretty much for like the first four days and then on the fifth day I just like put it on my head and it just snaps when I let go of the earphones. I'm like what the fuck is that? It just snaps when I put it on my head. Of course the last headset I had got destroyed when I rage quit in TF2. That was an awful lot of fun. Yeah man. TF2 is so bad now. Like I raged so hard the last time I played it because I mean, I had already given up on playing Scout in public games like a year ago because Natasha, you know? But now you can't even play like anything without somebody having some noob weapon that just like is a skill cushion that makes them win against everything. Like the charge and dodge. It's like I'm invulnerable to, you know, explosive damage. What? Uh, I just can't understand how Valve thought that was a good idea. My problem with TF2 is more on a you know, not a practical level, but more on the conceptual level of I come into a server, pub server, and there are people trying to sell stuff to each other. And I'm like, this is a first-person shooter multiplayer game. I don't want to get something sold to me. I want to go ahead and shoot stuff. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's just not the way it's meant to be, you know? And then, of course, there is stuff like Natasha, which is horrendously overpowered, and Ember, and all that other sort of thing. And... Then, of course, you can come along as a Solly and destroy everything with your rockets, and everyone thinks you're amazing. And that means that the quality of play in TF2 has reduced drastically from when I first started playing, because when I first started playing, Solly shoot everything, that was not amazing. Now it is. Mm. Well, I think the thing is also that everybody just knows how to sell it a little bit better. Like, generally speaking, if someone's amazingly amazing, they should be able to smash everyone. Like, of course I'm biased because I am amazingly amazing, but 
in the soldier's defense, it is like the utility class that works in all situations, and I agree that it was a little bit overpowered, but there is it is still nothing compared to the heavy, ever since they changed the heavy to like spin up and down twice as fast and walk twice as fast while it's spun up. And, of course, to slow down anything that you're shooting so that they can't actually get to you. Yeah. So what are you supposed to do when you, like, can't move and the guy who's shooting you has three times more hit points? Oh, that's right, you just die. But anyway, less bitching about the games that are, like, bad now because Valve broke them. Have you seen the, um... Have you seen those gameplay videos for Brink? I have not actually seen those gameplay videos for Brink. You should look at them after this podcast because... They gave me a massive nerd boner for how amazing Brink looks. I'm just saying. You are just saying. I've got nothing to respond to that with. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, you just pretend you do, and I'll Google it, and I will send it to you, and I will make you watch the Brink gameplay videos. You can, like, go to the next thing on our list. Do a segue. Yay, segues. So, basically, I am going to mention something amazing, and that is the fact that I have actually moved house. I have moved to a new house, which has better internet, and that makes me happy. What's like? Basically, I'll start by explaining the internet, because internet is something that's close to my heart. (laughs) Because that's the (laughs) most important part of any house. Well, without the internet, I can't run Wiki for All, and that would make me sad. So anyway, the internet is about 2 megabit faster than anything I've ever had before, which is just unbelievable. Which is 5 megabit, which is incredibly slow compared to, you know, say, America. But it's still amazing to me. I mean, to all our viewers who are overseas, in Australia, you are, like, lucky to have... Like, when someone's like, I've got a 500 gigabyte download limit, and I can download it, like, one megabit per second, that's, like, a good thing. That's like, wow, this guy's got, like, shit amazing internet. And I know you guys are probably like, wow, I can, like, download Bioshock 2 in 30 seconds, and I have no limits, but... To us, it's a big deal, because we have, like, the worst telecommunications infrastructure anywhere. Exactly. And so, to get decent latency and decent speed is just incredible. And that makes me happy. But the other thing is that this is the first house that I've been in where I actually have air conditioning. I mean, just full-stop air conditioning. Air conditioning is an important component of any nerd life. But more importantly, air conditioning is critical in Australia. You see, when we have a day that's like 40 degrees and the humidity is at like, I'm swimming in this air, you need to have air conditioning, otherwise you will die. Yep. And the roads get so hot in summer that if you, like, don't sprint at absolutely full tilt, you will, like, actually get burns on your feet. It's not even an exaggeration. If you just stand still in the road, your feet will smolder. Which actually is fun. You can play chicken with that. So you see how who can last the longest. Yeah, I, I think you just gave me brain cancer. Like, ow. <laughs> see, the other really nice thing about air conditioning is that it stops my computer overheating. The first couple of days, it, it basically had a heart attack from the heat. It was like, oh my goodness, this heat, what is this? And then we got air conditioning and it's like, I'm happy again. Mm, yeah, I remember my old computer, which wasn't exactly like a high power demand computer. It was like a Pentium 4. Oh, actually, no, not quite that bad. It was like one of the lowest end AMD dual cores that was out. But, um, yeah, it wasn't the power hungriest thing, but it was still like blue screen every 10 minutes from overheating if I didn't leave the side panel open because it was just that hot. Yeah. 
Yeah. Of course, the blue screening was wonderful for me, because when I 1v1'd you in games, it meant that I won by default. Yeah. I think you actually beat me at a game 1v1 once. When was that, and what game? I honestly can't remember. It may have even been a first-person shooter. Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, no, I... Could have been, like, TTD or something. It could well have been, because I probably used the airplane hack, which is just so overpowered. Oh, yeah. Airplanes are so bullshit. Okay, I'm sending you a YouTube link to the Brink gameplay video, which you may watch at your leisure after the podcast. Um, ooh, so, our ad, like, I thought it was gonna have much less performance, because it's not amazing, like the last one was, because, you know, our last ad was, come read my comic, or I'll shit in your mouth. But, um, this one is actually doing fairly well. Go to the site and click the little ads by Project Wonderful thing under the banner and see our stats. It is doing pretty alright today. You see, the interesting thing about that is that it just sort of shows that, um, a lot of people, I guess, may have begun to uh, stop enjoying the ad, especially if they're looking at it at work, for example, <laughs> whereas now they can be looking at a site at work and everything's okay. Yeah. In fact, wow, we've actually got like 12 cents of bids on our ad space at the moment, which is pretty cool. This is up from an average of like two cents. All up, I think, the new ad. I don't... See, the thing with this ad is... Compared to the last one, it actually is one of our characters doing something which one of our characters does, which is kind of disturbing, mind you. <laughs> and because of that, it's like you come to our site and you can see the context for that. And the context is really important. Yeah, that's true. Excellent point. I think, yeah, if I see a stick figure saying, to the moon, and like farting into space, I would kind of want to know why that's happening. But um, yeah, and that's kind of the premise on which I made the ad, but I didn't expect it to work so well, because I think I just enjoyed the last ad so much. I think it, it has potential, and it's shown that it has potential, and when I first saw it, I thought, this is it. Shiny. We've got it. Right, when you saw this ad, or the old ad? Ooh, glad you like it. We are distracted, because I'm looking at my traffic stats, because I use them to measure my self-worth. Whenever James starts looking at traffic stats, it's like, let's have silence for a couple of minutes, partially because they're going down so much. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> minute silence for our stats. Anyway, the thing is that James is really dedicated to having more people come to our site, which is why we're doing a podcast, you see. We're doing a podcast because it means that you can actually hear us and, you know, it's a bit more in your face compared to blog posts and comics, I reckon, anyway. Yeah, now you can be like, wow, I have a massive man crush on that James guy because he's so manly and amazing. And I'm going to send his site to all my friends so he gets more hits. That's what you should be saying right now. Precisely. Unless you're a woman, in which case it's just a normal crush. And that's perfectly fine as well. Yeah. James's email address is on our website all over the place. Yes, because I'm an attention whore. Only one person sent me fan mail. Can you believe that? We've had like a thousand people go through our site. One fan mail. It was pretty cool, though, because you haven't gotten fan mail, have you, Matthew? No, I haven't gotten any fan mail yet. See, One mail. I just have the thankless job. I just keep this thing running, and you do all the content. I appreciate you, Matthew. Yeah, yeah, appreciation. Appreciation is good. I think being the author is definitely the more fun job, although it's probably a little bit more work as well. Although, 
I don't know. I've never actually tried doing the other job, so it's hard to say, but wow, it can get old sometimes trying to, like, crank out a comic twice a week. It's It doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're, like, super tired after a party and you're like, damn it, it's Monday, I have to make a comic. Yeah, that can suck. Yeah, and then, of course, when you finally reach full-time work one day, you'll realize that that's the same feeling you feel every single morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that the same feeling I got every morning when I woke up and I was, like, under the age of 16 and I realized it was school that day? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't very fun. Damn, school sucked. If you're in school, wow, sucks to be you. That's all I can say. Yeah, we survived somehow. We're still alive. Man, I listened to that song. If you don't know what still alive is, you are going to go, you're going to download Steam, and you're going to buy and download Portal, and then you're going to play it through to the end, and then you're going to listen to this podcast, the rest of it, because Portal comes first. It's the song at the end of Portal that we're talking about. But anyway, yeah, I listened to Still Alive so loud when we finally graduated. It's like, I survived school, yeah! I played it just non-stop for three hours at, like, top volume. My ears were, like, ringing at the end of it, and I was like, this is amazing. Uh, I remember we um would sometimes sing it just, like, randomly if someone says a phrase from it. Uh, it only happened, like, two or three times before we were like, okay, we're kind of weird. But I distinctly remember it happening at least once. Yeah. Hey, on the subject of Portal, Portal 2 is coming out soon. It's up for pre-order, I believe, now, which is just amazing. Mm. Co-op. I have pre-ordered it. And I am so keen to co-op that shit up with you. I am, You, like, find out when it comes out and clear that day in your diary because I want to play Portal. Did you know I haven't actually pre-ordered it yet? Can you believe this? Actually, I can believe that because it's not coming out for a while, I'm pretty sure. But well, you should, before the pre-order deal is off. So that you can pre-load it. It's not up for preload yet, but you know, I'm just saying. Uh, it's available April 2011. <laughs> that is just, like, mind-blowingly amazing. And the interesting thing is, all of the trailers and such I've seen, every single one I look at, I'm like, I want to play this right now. You know, like the fluid dynamic one I saw. That was incredible. It's a fluid dynamic trailer? Something like that. Not sure it's fluid dynamics or a whole lot of boxes falling from the sky. But either way, it's amazing. I see. You should link me to it when you have a spare moment. Because this is what we do. It's an informal podcast. It's pretty much just like us doing what we normally do during the day, except via voice, so that you can listen. And instead of it going on the chat logs page on wikifraud.net, it goes on a podcast, and then you listen to it with your ears. Pretty much. And here's the thing. Co-op is the one thing that I actually really wanted to have in Portal 2. And it is here now. And I'm going to just look forward to you know getting you stuck in an infinite loop at one point. Because <laughs> that's going to be amazing. Uh, thank goodness for air curving. It's like something we take for granted in games. That if you're in the middle of the air, you can just like stop yourself from moving forward or like make yourself move forward just with the power of your mind but if you think about it in real life if you're falling through the air you got no control over where you're going you are falling and you can't like push off something else you could like throw your hat in a certain direction and you'll move backwards a tiny bit but that's about it and also you'd lose your hat how terrible would that be yeah man i've got this amazing hat oh did i tell you i when i was on holidays the other week i brought I bought, rather, a propeller head. Wow. So you're going to have to wear that 
sometime. Oh yeah, it's one of them spinny multicolored hats. It's so cool. Whenever I stand under a ducted air conditioning vent, it starts spinning. But see, the thing is, you've already got the Santa hat to wear like into uni one day. Now you're gonna have to figure out a time to wear the propeller hat. I'm thinking. Wait for it. I f affix the Santa hat to the top of the propeller head's blades so that I have a spinning Santa hat. That would be so awesome. Uh, I'm gonna have to try that. If I can find my Santa hat. I've actually misplaced it at the moment, but, you know, figure something out. Oh my goodness. What? How could you misplace the Santa hat? That is, like, a crime. It's not exactly, like, the highest usage item in the world. It's not like my phone or my wallet. It's like Santa hat, and <laughs> you don't wear a Santa hat every day, so it's easier than you think, but you know, hopefully it'll turn up eventually. It'll show up, just when you need it. Yes. Good way to think about it. We need to talk about StarCraft 2, because frankly, James was like, buy StarCraft 2, and I was like, no. And then I eventually gave in and bought it, and then it took me about a month and a half to actually get the game files, and now it's just like... My goodness, StarCraft 2 is amazing. It's pretty amazing, bro. It's like, I don't know if any of you guys have played Hon, but I used to play Hon a lot, and now I play it occasionally just for the trolling potential because everybody gets so mad when they play Hon. Um, forgot where I was going with that. Alright, yeah, but StarCraft 2 is actually what made me quit Hon because I played StarCraft 2 and I'm like, wow, everything is so perfectly balanced that I realized Hon wasn't even trying, so then I just played StarCraft. It's a pretty good game. I should just mention Hon is here as a new, new Earth for uh, those out there that are not quite up on the lingo. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, basically, uh, StarCraft 2, I initially started playing it, you know, quick league, not quickly, quick match against AI, and I was like, this is okay. Then I played against humans, and I got smashed which is where james comes in you see he comes in he smashes me more but i smash you with logic you like walk up and i like hey how do you beat like 13 million carriers and colossi and void rays and stuff and i'm like well for starters you just gave me brain cancer no actually he's like how do i not die to mutalisks and i'm like build a turret and put a thor next to it and then he does that sometimes and it'll work and other times he'll just not do it because he forgets. But the point is, he's getting better. Pretty much. And you see, this is why StarCraft 2 is so amazing. Because someone comes in with one strategy. And it, it, just as a slight change of subject, it is so strategy-centered. I mean, I've not played a strategy game that is so focused on strategy, which is kind of interesting considering they're called strategy games. But in StarCraft 2... It's like, well, I'm going to, you know, Zerg is like, I'm going to attack you with Mutalisks. And then the Terran is like, well, that's not very fun. I'm going to have to, like, you know, do something about that. And because the Zerg is attacking with Mutalisks, you suddenly have to change your own strategy. And it's like totally, a totally different idea of gaming to everything that I'm used to from, like, Age of Empires back in the day. Yeah, it's like most games are like... Like Age of Empires, it was probably cavalry, and in um, Total Annihilation Spring, it's like Mavericks, but most strategy games before StarCraft were just like, you know what, I'm going to win because I got this one unit which happens to be the most overpowered unit, and I built a lot of them and then I right-clicked your base. StarCraft is like everything has a role 
it's not about strength. It's about, like, what it's good for. I mean, like, Colossi are an amazing unit, but if you've just got Colossi and the other guy just comes in and he's like, hey, I have a balanced army, he'll just smash you. And everything has a purpose, and, oh, it's just like, oh, it's so amazing. Oh, so much strategy. But that's the thing, though. You know, in, in spring, I'm just... And I came into StarCraft with the same concept. In spring, my thing is just churn out thousands of Tech 1 units. Literally, our games, we used to, you know, crash spring because I had 10,000 unit armies and it was amazing. But then I come into StarCraft and it's like, well, I'm just going to, like, build lots of everything and it doesn't work. You get absolutely smashed. That said, if you're going to build just lots of one unit, you probably picked the right race to be playing because Marines are pretty amazing. Especially in Bronze League, it's like nobody knows how to use like High Templars or Banelings, so you just like roll in with a million Marines and they're like, oh, I don't have any AoE! And then you kill them. Well, that's right. And, you know, as you go through Bronze League and etc., you actually learn how to deal with these things. So, for instance, Mass Marines, you would have Siege Tanks. But this is, a, this is sort of backing up what I said earlier and what you agreed with, is saying... If someone is attacking you with masses of one type of unit, you just start churning out masses of a counter to that unit, and all of a sudden, you have sort of got them having to start thinking, well, how can I get around this now? Yeah, I think one of the things that makes StarCraft so perfect is that you it's very rare, like, I mean, it'll happen a lot in the lower levels, but... Once you get to high levels, it's extremely rare that one person will just do something that kills the other person. Because your workers are also, like, they also double as attacking units. So if shit hits fans and you are, like, completely outnumbered, you can just be like, Workers! Leroy! And, like, send your workers at them. And generally speaking, that will actually turn the tide a bit and you will lose economy. And from that, you may lose the game. But you won't just get smashed instantly because this guy did this thing. You always have that sort of buffer at the back of your mind that you can fall back on if you need to. Well, that's right. And that's what's so important is that even if it's, say, 15 minutes into the game, there is still potential for you to actually fight back and win. Whereas in Age of Empires, you have, like, 30 catapults and a million cavalry outside your base. You're like, yeah, good game, goodbye. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I've never really played any other game like it. Like, I've never been so impressed with a game. Quake came a little bit close, Quake Live. Um, but I really just don't think it takes the same level of balancing as a strategy game does. So I've just got way more respect for the crew that churned out StarCraft 2. I think it's pretty uh, indicative of just how good StarCraft 2 is and how balanced it is as to how many people are actually playing it. And so, for example, I've switched completely, essentially, from first-person shooter games now to StarCraft, and that's pretty significant. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty much an exclusive FPS gamer. I would have, like, maybe one or two games of Spring with Matthew every now and then, if we could ever get the bloody thing to work, that is. But um, to actually have people converting from FPS gaming to strategy gaming just because of one game. It's kind of a big deal. Can I just make a mention about that Spring thing? StarCraft 2's matchmaking is amazing. Spring, if you can actually get into a game with your friends and you are doing well, that I found really frustrating. 
I mean, you couldn't, you could sit there and you're like, I'll host a game and you guys can all join. And then you hit play and half of them can't join. Half of them can join. The bots crash. It's just a mess. Some of them had matched versions. At the end, you find out that you needed to forward another port, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was so bad. It was like almost as bad as trying to play Space Empires. Oh, wow. I like bought that game because I was like, wow. This is actually like a cool time-based strategy game that I can play with my friends, but no, actually, it is impossible to play on the internet. It just can't happen. I really wish that there was a better way to play that online because it's an amazing game and it's totally ruined by the fact that you just can't play with friends. And I don't enjoy the single-player aspect of Space Empires very much. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like it's probably not meant to be... Um, sort of single player you're meant to play it with your friends but it just can't be done and I was gonna say something that was really important and then I forgot I'm amazed that I've only done that once um, generally speaking in a like the course of a standard day I will forget my sentence halfway through or before it actually starts to come out of my mouth like six or seven times and considering that I've done more talking today than I have like for the past three days because of this podcast I think only forgetting one thing is a pretty good start I reckon that's pretty good I mean I don't have as much of a problem with that but it does happen every now and then that you start saying something and then you'll just hit a point and go where did that go? I've completely lost that. I'm going to have to start all over again. And the person you're talking to is like, you're weird. And you're like, thanks. Yeah. I really would like to play um, Space Empires with friends because it's... Oh, that's what it was. I was going to say, it's because it's also like a casual game. You can just play it like on one monitor and like be watching the GSL or coding or something else on the other screen and it's just doesn't take up your full attention it's like the reason eve was tolerable except it's better than eve because eve you can lose 120 million isk to a bug can i just make a mention sorry i just raged <laughs> yeah just a little bit of rage there james is raging about eve still because he lost 120 million isk um i still play eve but he doesn't which is sad anyway space empires you see you say it's casual, and I agree. The thing is, stuff like being able to choose every little aspect of the game, so like what you're going to exactly research here, where you're going to go, which is sort of like the strategy game, but it's turn-based. And that made no sense whatsoever. I think one of the things that I love the most about Space Empires is the fact that it's so like small, not small in the sense that the game is small, but that not many people play it, and as such, there's not like this um, figured outness about it. Like a lot of games, you'll just like log in and you'll like play for a little bit, and then everyone's like, wow, you're doing it wrong. Do it like everyone else does, and they'll teach you how to do it. But Space Empires doesn't have that. It's like actually no one plays it, so you can figure things out on the fly. And if you figure out something you think is clever, chances are it's actually clever and nobody else has a better way yet because it hasn't been exposed to like millions of people trying to like nerd out the best way to do things. Well, that's right. And I think a game that may have came cl come close to uh, Space Empires is AI War. But it was, I think, Space Empires is far more open compared to AI War. Yeah, they um, actually released an update for AI War. It was like a 2.0 thing. They completely changed it. It's so much better now. But, um, like, the late game is still a little bit tedious, but wow. The, um, for starters, the ship 
combinations like make so much more sense and yeah they've added a whole lot more features that actually keep things interesting and you could check it out again I mean if you haven't already since the 2.0 patch it's really improved I haven't which is probably why I made that comment because I didn't actually realize that they have improved it because when I played it I sort of raged a little bit and gave up it was just so tedious I was like can we just be done with this? I'm so bored. Yeah, I remember once I was playing a game of AI War by myself, and there was this system. It was like only a level two system, like two out of five. Not that big a deal. And um, the AI will reinforce systems that they own that are near, like adjacent to one of your systems, and they would just keep on reinforcing them and reinforcing them and reinforcing them till eventually they had 3,000 ships at this one system that was next to mine. And I had to go through that somehow. And I, like, built a million billion starships and, like, had to hack my way through it. It took, actually, eight hours of me, like, warping in and out of this system, like, sniping down some significant targets and coming back in to actually do this. Because the thing that happened was there are these AOE lightning turrets and so many of them had spawned at each wormhole that when you went through, anything that wasn't a capital ship just instantly died. Like, bang, instagib, because there was so many AoE turrets there. It was, wow, so bad. It just, like, blew my mind. And see, this is the thing, is that that cannot possibly be considered fun by anyone. I could not imagine that being fun. Yeah, it really wasn't. I'm glad they helped it now. Now the, now the AI doesn't actually have turrets. They just um, reinforce with ships, which makes it a lot better in that way. So how long has this podcast been going? I think it's probably about time to wrap it up now. We have been talking for 40 minutes. If I cut out a couple of really, really, really awful moments and take away the silences, we'll have about 30 minutes of podcast, which is just perfect for a pilot, I reckon. Sounds good to me. So this is Shady and Matt signing off. See you later.